Hello, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. This is your host, of course, the host with the most, Logan underscore Blackman. That is my personal Twitter account. So I would recommend and ask you politely to go and follow said Twitter account because it would mean a lot to me if you were going to go and do that because that way you could get my podcast, The Logan Blackman Show, which is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yes, very good stuff going on over here. And you can also go follow the Instagram, Logan Blackman, or Blackman Logan, I can't remember the exact Instagram, and go like the Facebook page, search Logan Blackman Show on Facebook, give it a like, we're at like 130 likes right now, keep raising that, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, just search the Logan Blackman Show, and again, it shall pop up, at least I would hope it pop up, and I think that's it for all of our big social media accounts, go subscribe to the Logan Blackman Show, obviously, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Yes, and we have got you a great show planned today. At least I hope it's a great show today. I'm personally, I think it's a great show. So that's all that really matters here, isn't it? That I think, I, Logan Blackman, think this is a fantastic show. And yeah, I think it's perfect. In every sense of the word perfect, I will be delivering it. And my headphones are making a very weird noise tonight. I do not know why. I apologize if I like pot, stop and start again because it's really distracting, I guess I should say. Distracting. But you know what's not distracting? What made me smile earlier today? It's made me smile very big, a very big smile <laughs> earlier today, actually. And that was the news that former Buffalo Bills quarterback and current Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Nathan Peterman has signed a extension an extension with the oakland or las vegas raiders yes one year 2.2 million dollar extension per ian rapaport mv peterman is still in the nfl and i didn't even know this was going to happen today i took a screenshot of this at 4 31 and this post was made 25 minutes before 4 31 okay and un unplanned and unbeknownst to me that this would happen today I am wearing my MV Peterman shirt. Isn't that just awesome? Don't you love when things just work together like that, where the world is just, everything is just right in the world. For at least a tiny moment, it is perfect. Everything is awesome. I wore my MV Peterman shirt the day Nathan Peterman signs a new contract extension. The fact that Nathan Peterman is still in the NFL amazes me to this day, and I will be forever grateful to John Gruden and his love for the Peterman. Because without John Gruden, I don't know where Nathan Peterman will be right now. It's crazy. Not a lot of teams carry three quarterbacks on their active roster. But the Raiders do that. It's Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, and obviously the aforementioned Nathan Peterman. How fantastic is that? That is the best news ever that I could have ever received was Nathan Peterman being announced that he was going to get a contract extension with the Las Vegas Raiders. And it just it was just perfect. Perfect day. Now, I pushed snow today. We've already talked about how much I dislike pushing snow, but Nathan Peterman made it better. And this was a short snow. It wasn't a very long snow, like where it started at 11 o'clock in the morning and then finished 11 o'clock the next day. Like, that's not what we were dealing with here. It started around 6, 7 o'clock. It ended around noon, a little afternoon maybe, which was awesome. Perfect. And it was super light, 
so it wasn't very hard to push around or anything. It was very, very simple this time. And that's the stuff I like from Snow. Just be simple. And I am a born and bred Iowan. I was born here. I was raised here. I've gone to college at two schools in Iowa. I am an Iowan through and through. I, because of this pushing snow business that we have been suckered into, essentially, <laughs> I hate snow. There, I said it. I said it. I know that might be sacrilege coming from an Iowan. It's like almost saying you hate corn or something like that. Or you dislike one of the Iowa, either Iowa or Iowa State, and you're born in Iowa. That's like that. That's what that was. This is what this is compared to here. Disliking snow in a Midwestern state is borderline insane, and you could get you thrown in to a lot of bad places if you're not careful. Very bad places if you're not careful, which is why I say this with the utmost calmness. I guess I just hate snow. Okay, I absolutely hate snow, and I'm not even afraid to admit it. I, I, I pushing snow has given me a newfound hatred for the fluffy white stuff we call snow. I didn't really mind it before. I, I played in it like a normal kid. Built forts, built snowball fights. Never built a snowman though. Attempted, never actually succeeded. But, man. Pushing snow gives you a newfound hatred for snow. It it really does. It really, truly does. In my car right now, it's a Chevy Impala. His name's Kevin. He doesn't do very well in the snow from time to time. Unlike the Saab that I had before, which was probably the best car I ever had in snow, even though snow became the demise of the Saab as we ra rolled off the road. And yeah, that's another story for a different time. It's a very long and complicated story, for a totally different time that is not right now. But snow aside, we're not here to talk about snow today. Not the main focus of today's show. We're here to talk about Super Bowl Sunday, which is a fantastic time of the year. Though my team's never in it, so it shouldn't really mean that much to me anyways, but it is here, it is here, I'm excited. It's the two best teams in the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And also, this weekend as well, starting Saturday, I believe, is the NFL Honors, which is where you see all the awards given out for the best players, coaches, etc. in the NFL. That's what we should be expecting this week. Super Bowl weekend is more than just the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl itself is more than, than just the game. You obviously got the commercials involved, you've also got the Super Bowl halftime show, which this year is the weekend. I'm pretty excited for the weekend. I don't listen to the weekend, per se, but I love his pop, his popular tunes. I don't know the weekend's discography enough to go like, ugh, I hate his popular stuff. It's so, Blinding Light sucks. I hate that song. I know the deep tracks. You didn't know the weekend before he was just called Abel. Then you will be a true weekend fan, which I'm not a weekend fan. I'm not trying to say I might have a few friends that would claim to be weekend friends, and I have a couple friends that absolutely hate everything the weekend does. So I've got friends on both sides of the spectrum on this one, but I am excited to see what he does. Apparently, he pumped in six million dollars of his own money into the Super Bowl halftime show, and they're gonna do something in the stands. Before I went out and pushed snow today, I know I said we weren't gonna talk about a lot, a lot of snow today. I watched the 
I was on NFL Network this morning, and it was a Super Bowl show, and they had the weekend's introductory Super Bowl press conference, I think that's what it was, and they basically asked him what was going on in the halftime show. And apparently they're doing something in the stands, which should be very, very cool. I'm, in, I'm very intrigued to see with what he does with that because obviously the weekend's music videos are very, I don't know, graphics one way to put it, but then there there's a lot going on. I should say, in the weekend's music videos. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and watch some of his music videos. There's just always a lot going on. So, very extravagant, I should say. So, I'm very intrigued to see what goes on. And that reminded me, watching that, I've thought about this in the past. It was watching the interviewers talk to the weekend, but introducing themselves to him, if you know what I mean. Like, when you see someone, you go, like, oh, hey, Logan. It's like, yeah. But when you see a celebrity that goes by another name, how do you introduce yourselves to them? That's that's something that I've thought of quite a bit. It's like when you go up to Slash, do you say, hey, Slash, or his real name? I I should have looked at it. It was the first major, it was one of the first celebrities that popped in my head that goes by a different name than his actual real name. It It's just be a very weird situation. Like, do you go, do you call Eminem Eminem or do you call him Marshall? His name's Marshall Mathers. Or Dr. Dre. Do you go, hey, Dr. Dre. Do you call him Andre? Like, The weekend's real name is Abel. So in this press conference, you saw interviewers say, hey, Abel, how's it going? Uh, we got a question about the Super Bowl halftime show. What's your favorite Super Bowl halftime show of all time? Which was a question that was asked, and he said the Diana Ross halftime show of the 1996 Super Bowl between the Cowboys and the Steelers, which the Cowboys won because the Steelers brought out Neil O'Donnell as their starting quarterback. So... It, it, it's just a very weird thing that I, I've i thought about before, but it re-entered my mind watching this. Like, man, would I call him Hi The Weeknd? <laughs> would, would you say that? Is that weird? Hi Weekend? I guess Abel just sounds more normal because he's The Weekend. Like, he wouldn't go up to someone and say, Hi, The Logan Blackman Show, which I that, I shouldn't say that because that has happened to me before. With my friends. I haven't been recognized out in the street by some random person. It's mostly my friends talking to me about Logan Blackman from the Logan Blackman show. They don't go, hi, The weekend. Good morning, The weekend." Or do you just go, like, really cool, like, really informal and call, sup week or sup Saturday? Like, something like that. I feel like Abel is probably the best way to do that. I didn't really know how to react in that. But I was like, hmm. That's very interesting. I think I'll talk about that later on my show tonight. Because obviously today, as I say, almost every single show, shows are recorded a day in advance of when they're actually supposed to be released. So this show is recording on Thursday. It is 10.02 right now in Urbandale, Iowa. Snowy and cold Urbandale, Iowa. And I would just like to say this since I'm thinking about it. I'm not going to be posting a show on Monday because I'll be up in Cedar Falls. Super Bowl beyond. So I do not think... I'll be able to record a show and get it posted on Monday. But Mock Draft 1.0 will be out on Monday. So I will talk about that on Wednesday in full. And I might give a little sneak preview at the end of this show. Maybe. Depends on how I'm feeling after this. But again, the entire Super Bowl, extremely excited for it. And the NFL offseason is extremely exciting as well. Like, the NFL League season, if you did not know this, the new season starts March 17th, okay? Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford 
though getting traded, even though it's been reported it's traded, neither team can say anything about the trade because it's not official because the new league season hasn't started. So this trade happened essentially two months before (laughs) the new league season started, which is kind of funny to think about. So this trade happened on January 30th because I was out to eat with my parents the day before my dad's birthday. But Jared Goff has come out and addressed the trade situation, talking about it's nice to be in a place where I'm wanted, yada, yada, yada. Which, from what it sounds like, the Lions really do want Matthew Stafford, Brad Holmes, the new GM, was was a part of the scouting team that got Jared Goff to Los Angeles with the number one overall pick. Dan Campbell was one of the people that also said he wanted him, liked his toughness, playing with the broken thumb. So it looks like Detroit will be going with Jared Goff as their starting quarterback. And Matthew Stafford, we already knew this, but will be unquestioned starter in Los Angeles, whatever you want to say about the Wolford situation. Because remember, we talked about this like a couple days before Matthew Stafford got traded, was if Stafford or if uh, Goff wasn't traded, the Rams were going to go into the offseason with a quarterback battle between former number one overall pick Jared Goff, who has led this team to a Super Bowl, and John Wolford. A undrafted player used to play with the Arizona Hotshots in the AAF. The now defunct AAF. I enjoyed the AAF for the short time I was here. Enjoyed the XFL as well. I'm interested to see what The Rock does with the XFL. Now, whenever that comes back, I think next year is when that's coming back. Because, I mean, I think that's a very smart move. Especially with college football being here in the spring. Like Missouri Valley being played in the spring. If the XFL, essentially semi-pro football league... I get it is professional, but second tier pro football, I guess, has to compete with college football. College football will win 90% of the time because more often than not, though the professionals would beat the college team, you're probably going to have more enjoyment watching the college team. There's more of a connection with the college team, which you could say that about the NFL in general. People feel like they have more connections with their college team, especially in teams states without Pro football teams like the state of Iowa with the people connected to Iowa and Iowa State and even you and I. And speaking of, I will be very excited and anxiously anxiously watching you and I this spring. See how they do. A lot was expected of them coming into this season. And I've said this before, but COVID-19 screwed you and I more than any team in college football, in my opinion. That's coming from a biased standpoint. I go to you and I. I've watched a lot of football games at you and I. But seriously... This team came into the offseason ranked third, preseason ranked third in the nation for the FCS. Just behind James Madison and North Coast State was number one. You and I, their home schedule before this all got reshuffled, was set up perfectly to work in their favor based on their home schedule. All the home games they were playing were against their top tier opponents. Like Weaver State was at home, North Coast State was at home, South Dakota State was at home. Like, all these big games that you and I would have been playing this year, we're going to be at home. Now, they still are, but the thing is, when COVID hit in March, that or really took over in March, I guess it hit prior to that, but really took the world by storm, literally, in March, when we saw all the sports thing, sports canceled. Then we heard the no fans thing, so you and I wasn't going to have any fans at these games. So if you and I is a good team... The Unidome's usually rocking. I feel bad for you and I, f- football players, though, because you've got to compete with Iowa and Iowa State. People have loyalties before college going to you and I, but have loyalties to Iowa and Iowa State before going to you and I just for school. 
It's hard to get someone to cancel 18 years of loyalty to one team and then their first year of college go, well, I'm paying to go here. I should definitely cheer for this team, which has been a conflicting thing in my head numerous times. But that being said, I will always cheer for you and I. And in football, you and I, Iowa, Iowa State, they play on two different levels. Though they play each other, they're not competing for the same things. Okay, so I can cheer for both and feel good about my conscious basketball. I'll cheer for you and I probably. I've never really been a massive Iowa basketball fan. I, I, if you've known me, I think that's been obvious. But I've, I've kind of, I've cheered for Iowa obviously because I'm an Iowa football fan. So I felt like I had to cheer for Iowa. But I also cheered for like UCLA when Darren Collison was there. Darren Collison was one of my favorite players in college basketball. I cheered for Georgetown quite a bit. I cheered for Memphis with Tyreek Evans, Derrick Rose before that. I cheered for North Carolina because my uncle's a big North Carolina fan. Ty Lawson was one of my favorite players in college basketball. Tyler Hansbrough was also on that team as well. I cheered for UNI. I cheered for Drake. Being a Des Moines kid, I would say my biggest loyalty of being a college basketball fan was to Drake. If I had to point out a time where I was the most had the most fandom it would have been that 2008 team with drake and that's a fairweather des moines kid whatever but i was a drake fan more than anything growing up in basketball i just kind of cheered for iowa because they were iowa and they were also very bad at that time as well todd licklider was there the whole that if you want to call it an era of iowa basketball so it's kind of easy to go apart different teams but even now, I watched the last six minutes of the Iowa-Ohio State game. Like, I've never really been a big Iowa basketball fan, but I've, I like college basketball. Don't get me wrong, I like college basketball, but I don't have as much loyalties to college basketball as I do to football in general because football is my favorite sport. And played it, family played it. I only have one family member that really played basketball at a high level, and that was my uncle sucked at basketball it's on all the time and i'd forget what time they were also growing up without cable i didn't have time to go over to my grandparents house all the time and watch all the iowa games like drake was on tv at my house we had channel 5 5.2 8 8.2 11 11 1 or 11 1 11 2 11 3 13 1 13 2 13 3 17 1 23 1 and 39 1 those were our channels growing up iowa state was always on channel 5 1 drake was always on channel 5-2. So I watched Drake. I watched Drake even after the Adam Emenecker team. With Josh Young continued on with that team. You had uh, Ravante Rice was the best player on the team. Brent Heemskirk continued playing with those Drake teams. Josh Young was awesome. Josh Young was one of the best three-point shooters I've seen in a while. Like even that Drake team back then. You got Emenecker, Josh Young, Leonard Houston, Clayton Corver. Uh, Jonathan Cox, Brent Heemskirk, John Michael Paul, uh, who was the back? Jacob Ebenecker? What was his last? Uh, Jacob, uh, was number 11. I can't remember his name, though. There was a lot of good players on that team. And I, I'm i not trying to brag. I didn't think I'd talk about Drake today, to be 100% honest. But Drake's balling in basketball right now. They're still undefeated as far as I'm concerned. As far as I know, Drake is still undefeated. So congratulations, to the Drake Bulldogs and Roman Penn, especially after losing Liam Robbins to Minnesota this offseason. Like, I'll follow college basketball. I don't really, like, I'll cheer for you and I probably if they played Iowa. Because I love, I know they're not very good this year, but I love A.J. Green. Love. I've interviewed Austin Fife. 
I really like what they've got. I know they're young and not playing very well right now, which shows how important A.J. Green is, but also losing the likes of Isaiah Brown and Spencer Haldeman, who started the past few years for you and I. Those are big losses on the defensive end and the three-point shooting area. You and I is young. Once they get those young players implemented a little bit more and A.J. Green comes back, you and I will be back to normal, even though Drake's really good right now. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Was it college basketball? We didn't even talk about college basketball. We were talking about loyalties with schools and stuff. Yeah, whatever. That's a really random subject to talk about right there. But, yeah, I've never really had... It's just weird. You and I, for football, they... I feel really bad for them, just put it that way. That's how we got on this whole tangent thing. But, yeah, Spencer Brown had a class with him. You and I's former right tackle. This was another problem you and I had. With the moving to spring, you had players such as Spencer Brown and Ellerson Smith who are draft eligible, very capable draft players, draftable players, wanting to go to the NFL. If you played in the spring, you weren't going to go in the NFL. Simple as that. So they played in the Springer Bowl last weekend, played well. Uh, Spencer Brown got a little chippy with one of the DNs on the national team. I can't remember what they called them. They're usually in the north and south. They called them American and national team this time. Very confusing. I'm always usually confused by the Senior Bowl because Justin Herbert played for the South team, if I'm not mistaken, last year. So, he went to Oregon. He played for the South team. Okay, do you see how that makes no sense? I could be wrong, but I'm pretty confident that's what happened. Which I knew was something weirded me out from that Senior Bowl last year. But Xavier Williams transferred out. He transferred to Iowa, which I, I don't know. It's... If you wanted to go to the NFL, I don't know why you transferred schools to Iowa. Because you transferred after the season. Like Chris Kalarevic also transferred to Nebraska. So you lost four very, 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 very good players. But Will McIlvain's back. Isaiah Weston's back. Got some weapons on the uh, other weapons out wide. Deion McShane should be back and healthy. Got a couple good running backs. Tyler Hoosman will be back. Hopefully he stays healthy. Got a good couple transfers from Kansas. Still got Omar Brown, arguably the best cornerback in the FCS level. Size, length, ball hawking skills. He's a freaking beast. Like there, you and I is gonna have a good year, especially with Trey Lance transferring. No, I'm not saying they didn't. They Trey Lance transferring vaults you and I better than North Coast State. North Coast State was not just Trey Lance, but he obviously very much helped North Coast State, and I think that'll make things a little bit easier by the time you and I North Coast State play each other. The last game of the regular season in, I think, April, which sounds very weird talking about football here. Now they're going to have to compete with March Madness. I don't, I still don't know how March Madness is going to work out, but I hope it works out. I know you and I won't be making it, but I'll be excited to see Iowa and Drake in the NCAA tournament. That'll be very, very fun to see how those two teams do. And again, Iowa lost to Ohio State. Very tough game for the little bit of I watched. Yeah. I think that's enough college basketball talk for right now. I'm not really the all end all. I'm not really the expert on college basketball. We're here to talk about football. We talked about baseball quite a bit in the last show with Nolan Arenado getting traded to the the team that shall not be named. Dexter Fowler got traded away as well. I don't know to who. I just saw a freezing cold takes thing with the team that will not be named posting a picture of Arenado and Fowler hugging it out and said back together it feels so good or something stupid like that. Some cheesy that team would definitely post on there. I don't know where he got traded. I just saw that. And yeah, I'm happy Dexter Fowler is finally out of the team that should not be named. Even though 
they will probably be competing for a World Series this year. And it, it pains me to say that, but they probably will be. Pains me to say that. That's what getting a star like Nolan Arenado can do to a team. The Mets will also be competing. They offered a giant contract from what I saw to Trevor Bauer. The Nets, the Mets will have an insane starting rotation if they can manage to get Trevor Bauer. But that's easier said than done. That is way easier said than done. Getting these big name free agents on one hand can be very easy. Could be very fun if you're a good team with a good history. Free agents will usually flock to you, like the Yankees. If you start getting good with the Yankees, players will start flocking towards you. If not, sucks. But the Mets, they got Jacob DeGrom already, the best pitcher in the major leagues. I don't think there's really a question about that anymore. Maybe there's some people that still dispute that, but I don't think so. Now, the Do- the Dodgers, the Padres, will be competing for the best rotation in all of Major League Baseball next year if the Mets... I mean, the Mets already have a very strong rotation. Syndergaard's going to be back. they got Carlos Carrasco, Marcus Stroman. They've got a very good rotation. And then adding Trevor Bauer on that is going to be freaking ridiculous. But obviously, the Padres got Blake Snell and you Darvish this offseason. Former Cy Young winner and Blake Snell and a pretty consistent Cy Young candidate, at least the past few seasons with the Cubs, and you Darvish for essentially nothing. So, it will be interesting to see how these teams do. Teams that don't normally compete for the NL pennant will probably be competing for the NL pennant this year, which is going to be weird. I know the Dodgers will still be around. The Cardinals have obviously won the second most World Series. But the Mets will be competing, which is going to be very weird. And the Padres will be competing, which is ridiculous. I'm excited for the Padres, though. I'm really rooting hard for the Padres. We've been on the Padres bandwagon for the past two years now. You listen back to the old Logan Blackman shows to hear that because we have been on this thing for a while. Why we said Manny Machado and Bryce Harper should be racing to sign in San Diego because of the prospects they have. And that was the time when Luis Urias was the top prospect of there. Can you believe that? Now he's playing for Milwaukee. They tossed him out like a three-week sack of bread. I don't know. I couldn't really think of anything until I said it. I apologize for that. But yes, we are here to talk about Super Bowl Sunday. Obviously, it's the main thing everybody's talking about. A lot of really weird tangents went on recently, but we are back on Super Bowl Sunday. Chiefs, Bucks, Sunday at 5.30. Very excited. 5.30 again. I, I thought I didn't say it before, but I did. But I'll say it again. 5.30. Uh, Chiefs are three-point favorites in the Super Bowl. Pretty fair line, I would say. It's a lot better than lines of recent year, or like uh, other Super Bowls, like the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl, the Tom Tom Brady's first Super Bowl, though, was a 14-point line for the Rams. We could be having something similar to that here because the Chiefs offense is similar to that of the Los Angeles, the well, then the St. Louis Rams. Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Marshall Falk. Now, the Chiefs don't have that running attack like the Rams did, but they do have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey so, and Patrick Mahomes. So that's a fairly good... Quad, quad, what is it? Trio? Yeah, trio. And if Patrick Mahomes win this, so obviously Patrick Mahomes won one Super Bowl. He's won an MVP. I don't think that's much of a debate that this is the greatest start to a career in NFL history with the way he's been going. Learn from Alex Smith, sat a year, next season through 50 touchdowns, an MVP. The next year he won a freaking Super Bowl. This is the best start to a career we have ever seen in the NFL. Tom Brady. 
is on six Super Bowl wins. He's in his 10th Super Bowl now. He's going for rank seven. If Patrick Mahomes beats Tom Brady this weekend, that is the best chance we have, I would guess, of anybody beating Tom Brady's Super Bowl. If he gets seven, I think that's borderline untouchable. If Patrick Mahomes wins this weekend and gets two Super Bowls in three years as a starter, this is very makeable ground for Patrick Mahomes to become the greatest quarterback of all time. And he's got two two Super Bowls in three years as a starter, four years in the league, won an MVP. Ridiculous start to a career. It's the only way we are going to get Tom Brady as far as the GOAT conversation. We've had this discussion before. It's been talked about before. I had this during the Colts-Chiefs game last year. I talked to my dad, and I know the Colts won, but when I was, it was like halftime or near halftime. I went to go get ice cream with my sister at McDonald's because she was bored. And my, I talked to my dad afterwards and said, hey, Dad, do you think Patrick Mahomes, when it's all said and done, can be the greatest quarterback of all time? He said, going to need to win a Super Bowl first. He won one that February. And then now he's on pace to win another one, going 14-2, and two, playing against a wild card team. Crazy stuff. This is probably our best shot at catching Brady. Now, I think Brady right now is undeniably the GOAT. And we've already talked about my quarterback rankings of all time. We obviously got Brady, Montana, Manning, and then you could throw in any other quarterbacks below, and I'd probably be fine with it. I think you throw in Marino at four just because of what he meant to the changing of the ways of the NFL with the pass-first style offense. He was really the first one to establish that. In the NFL, Jim Kelly, obviously, in the K-Gun offense, revolutionized the hurry-up offense. So there's some revolutionary thing. I don't think Jim Kelly's a top-five quarterback. I know Bills fans everywhere would probably hate me for saying that. But Dan Marino, for changing the game, really should be up there. Then you could or you could twist my arm, but you could probably throw Breeze. Rodgers could be up there. Elway. Like there's, Steve Young could be up there. Like There's some very talented quarterbacks that are peaking into that top five. Rodgers... Probably the most talented, but he's not the greatest. No. You can be you can be talented. There's a lot Johnny Manziel was talented. Got him pretty far in the NFL. I don't care how talented you are. If you don't win games, I'm not gonna rate you higher than Tom Brady. I'm not gonna rate you higher than Joe Montana. It's just not gonna happen. Joe Montana was four and in Super Bowls. Tom Brady's won six Super Bowls. He's on ten Super Bowls. He's been in eighteen percent of all Super Bowls. Tom Brady's the GOAT. End of story. I don't think there's any debate on that anymore. I, the people that debate that still are ridiculous to me. I'm sorry if that makes you upset. If you still are on the bandwagon of if Brady doesn't win the Super Bowl, he's not the GOAT. I'm sorry you feel that way. I would love to hear your argument for whoever you think the GOAT is because it's Brady. I'm sorry. I know you might hate Tom Brady. I don't like Tom Brady. I'm a Bills fan. I watched Tom Brady kill the Bills for 20 years. I have not known pain and suffering, or not not known pain and suffering when it came to the Bills-Patriots games. But since Tom Brady left, the Bills handled the Patriots with ease this year. Not the first time, but the second time especially. I respect the hell out of Tom Brady, though. I may not like him. He may have hurt my feelings numerous times, but I respect him. I, I don't get why people hate him randomly. If he didn't do anything to your team, I don't get why we hate these people. We've had this discussion before. Like, I hate Steph Curry. Why? Because he wins? I don't get this whole art. I hate Alabama. Why? Did they do anything to Iowa State? Why do you hate Alabama? Just because they win. I'm sorry. 
I don't know what to do for you. I hate Clemson now. Why? Because they're now they're starting to get good. Didn't you just want someone new to start winning and now they're winning too much for you? Never understood that. Unless you've done something personal to me, I don't care. Like the Patriots. Hate the Patriots because they beat up on the Bills all my lifetime. Hate Dallin Catholic just because of the way Dallin Catholic are. Not just because they win, because of the, you know, we're not going to talk about that stuff. We're not going to tie. We all know what Dallin Catholic does and why we don't like Dallin Catholic. I hate the Cardinals. They beat up on the Cubs my entire life. I don't care if they won World Series. It hurt being a Cubs fan, but I didn't go, man, I really wish another team would win the World Series. Cardinals won too many World Series. Now, I've never been like, I hate the Cardinals and I hate the fact they win World Series, but it's not because they just keep winning World Series. It's because they're annoying. And beat up on my team all the freaking time. And they can't let the Cubs be good for more than four years. And even the four years is questionable. I don't know if you want to say the Cubs were good for four. They are probably good for like three and a half. And then just completely fell off the face of the earth. And now they're going to be competing for second place in the division with the freaking Reds. That hurts. Man. But yeah, Tom's a goat. I'm sorry. We've had this discussion before. It's be like beating a dead horse. I'm sorry. But it has to be said because people still are out there saying, if unless he wins the Super Bowl, he's not my goat. Well, then who's your goat? Aaron Rodgers. Why? Because he's won now three MVPs and he's won a Super Bowl. Sick. He's lost four NFC Championship games. You can blame the defense all you want, but they got him three interceptions last week and they scored seven points on tur off turnovers. You can hate the Packers' defense. I don't really care. They did not cause the Packers to lose that game. I mean, they did, but they did not suck enough to where the Packers couldn't have won that game. Packers could have still easily won that game. And they picked off Tom Brady three times, and they scored seven points off said turnovers. I know we can blame the defense, but the offense could have helped out a tiny bit by, you know, scoring points. That would have, you know, that would have helped in, in the fight against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Winning that game now, Packers fans obviously hate Tom Brady, but I'm excited. Should be a very fun Super Bowl. Bucks defense can they keep up with the Chiefs' high flying offense? That'll be very interesting to see how they cover Tyreek Hill if Antoine Winfield Jr. will be back, which I think he's expected to be back. Same with Antonio Brown, he's expected to be back as well, which will greatly help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their cause in hoping to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm very intrigued to see how the Buccaneers' rush offense does in this game because obviously we got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, A.B., Scotty Miller who thinks he's faster than Tyreek Hill, Gronk, O.J. Howard, but the rushing attack for the Bucs has been pretty solid in the playoffs so far. Got them some big results. And the Buccaneers' strong point of their defense rushed a defense. Chiefs don't really have that strong of a rush offense. And in the game earlier this year, Chiefs exploded in the first quarter, and then the Bucks kind of started coming back. So maybe we see something like that again. I hope the Buccaneers win this Super Bowl. I do not. I don't think I can stand another Chiefs Super Bowl this close to the first one. Especially my social media and my feelings being a, you know, an Iowan, a born and bred Iowan, as we talked about earlier. I don't think I can handle this. Chiefs fans are the most annoying fans in Iowa. I, I think that's a very well-known fact 
here in the state of Iowa. And that's even more, that's not even just because of the Super Bowls. It's, it predates the Super Bowls. It's an annoying fan base. Bears fans are the best fan base. We've already talked about that, how pessimistic they are, and it gives me joy in my life. <laughs> but I do think the Chiefs will win. Uh, I just don't know how the Bucks can try and keep up with the Chiefs' passing attack. It'll be interesting to see how they do. I think Devin White will be fun to watch against Travis Kelsey because I'm sure he's going to be following him around the entire game. See how the Buccaneers' pass rush with Shaq Barrett gets to uh, Patrick Mahomes. With Eric Fisher being out, starting left tackle for the Chiefs, torn Achilles, that could be a very, very big loss for the Chiefs, even though he's just a good tackle. It's not like losing Bakhtiari or something, but it's losing a starting left tackle, which is a key part of an offense, the most important part of the offense, of line. And, yeah, it'll be very fun. It's going to be a fun Super Bowl. I am extremely excited to see this. I think the Chiefs will win, especially with how their defense has played recently which pains me, and yeah, I don't know the score will be, I'll probably say 31-27 final Chiefs in this game, maybe 31-something stupid, like 25, because the Buccaneers went for two at the end or something, but yeah, I'm excited for the Super Bowl, and without further ado, before we start running out of time, I know we're not running too late on time, we're about 37, just over 37 minutes into this episode, but let's do NFL Honors. We've got a lot of awards to give out. We got Coach of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defense Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie, Defensive Rookie, Comeback Player, Improved and Breakout, and of course, the award everybody cares about, the MVP. So we'll start off with what? Comeback Player of the Year, it's Alex Smith. I don't really need to go on about that. Got the team to the playoffs, guided the team to the playoffs. I shouldn't say got them there. He guided them there. Uh, coming off... One of the worst leg injuries we've seen in the NFL. Almost freaking died. And then played in the NFL. Bucks went to the playoffs, so he didn't play in the game. Still was a key cog on why they went there. He's the only candidate for comeback player of the year. I don't really think there's a lot of debate there. Most improved player. Again, I don't really think there's a lot of debate here as well. It's Josh Allen. He didn't have... a Last year, Josh was a good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. People dogged on him a little bit, but he was still a very good and productive quarterback and got the Bills to the playoffs. This year, he's a legit MVP candidate. And that how do you go from the jumping completion percentage is the ridiculous part, and the amount of checkdowns they have is also ridiculous. He doesn't check down. That's the crazy part. His completion percentage jumped 10% by still chucking the ball downfield. That is absolutely insane to me. Usually your completion percentage jumps up because you're checking it down. Like you saw Cam Newton's massive jump in completion percentage when he was on the Panthers. It was because they added Christian McCaffrey. They checked down all the time. The Bills didn't check down. They threw it downfield. I think he was one of the lowest in check down percentages this year. I don't think. I know that. So Josh Allen's most improved player. I don't really think there's a lot of debate there. Offensive rookie of the year, Justin Herbert, again... Not a ton of thinking goes into that one either. I know Justin Jefferson's going to get a lot of heat coming up to this. That he should, he's he's wants to win it. He has every right to think he should win it, but he broke. He did break some records, but Herbert broke more records. Like people want to talk about how historic Justin Jefferson's rookie season is. Herbert's is more historic at a more important position on the football field. 
So who do we think is going to win this award? It's going to be Justin Herbert. He already won the uh, Pepsi Zero Sugar Offensive Rookie of the Year thing, which is a very awkward thing to say, but he's won that. He's going to win the normal one. Enough said. If he doesn't, I'll be very shocked. I'm not saying that Justin Jefferson doesn't deserve it, but Herbert deserves it more, and I think Herbert should win it. Defensive Rookie of the Year, again, I don't really know if there's a lot of debate here either. Chase Young, one of the best edge rushers in the NFL this year, not just as a rookie. He'll win that. Uh, you obviously got like Antoine Winfield Jr. Jeremy Chin's going to have a say in that as well. Uh, I can't really think of any other rookies in this award off the top of my head anyways, but those two will be competing mostly with Chase Young, but I'm going to go with Chase Young. I don't really think there's a lot of debate there either. I think the Rookie of the Year awards are pretty self-explanatory. Beginning of the year, I said Joe Burrow and Chase Young. Joe Burrow obviously tore his ACL, and him and Herbert were really going back and forth for that Offensive Rookie of the Year award, and Herbert obviously playing the full season. And even when they were playing, Herbert started to pull away a tiny bit for that award, but still, Burrow would have been a shout for this award as well for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year, Derrick Henry. Not a lot of debate goes into that one for me. I love Josh Allen. I, he's an MVP candidate this year, but Derrick Henry... Usually, Offensive Player of the Year goes to a running back. That's how it usually goes. Now, I know, or a wide receiver. It's usually the best skill positions, like the MVPs of the skill positions, I guess. Wide receivers, running backs, whatever. Derrick Henry carries the Titans, essentially. He led had another 2,000-yard rushing season, back-to-back. We had CJ2K. Now we have DH2K, which sounds weird, but still... You know, King Henry, he's the Offensive Player of the Year. Not really much debate there. There's a lot of easy awards this year. Like, all of these have been non... Not really debates this year. And same with Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald. I'd, again, is a defensive tackle, 13 and a half sacks. That doesn't usually happen. He's the most disruptive player in the NFL. If if this was given... If, if we were being honest with ourselves... He would win this award every single year and should be winning this award every single year. He is the most dominant defensive player of my lifetime. And that's including Ed Reed. It's including Ray Lewis. That's including uh, Troy Polamalu. Darrell Revis for a little bit was one of the best players I ever saw on the defensive side of the ball. I might be missing some big name players in there. I apologize for missing out on those players, but I just can't think of off the top of my head right now. Aaron Donald is the best defender of my lifetime. I don't care. It's between him and Lawrence Taylor for the greatest defensive player of all time, in my opinion. And I think the way Aaron Donald's going, I think it'd be hard to say it's not him. But again, TJ Watt will have a say in that as well. He led the league in sacks. Xavier Howard had 10 picks. This year it's going to be hard to top as well. But I think it should go to Aaron Donald. Dude's an absolute wrecking ball. Best defensive player in the NFL. Even if he didn't have the best statistical year, he's still the best player in the NFL or a best defensive player in the NFL and a top two player in the NFL at all times. He's an absolute insane football player. I love watching Aaron Donald. Uh, Coach of the year, this is where we'll probably have some sort of debate. Everything is really non non combative, I guess. Coach of the year, I'm giving it to Sean McDermott. I know Kevin Stefanski is going to have a say in this award as well. I know Brian Flores, 
might have a say in this award as well. But, no, I'm giving it to Sean McDermott. This was my preseason pick, and I'm keeping with it now. Bills won their first division title in 25 years. Bills won their first, host their first playoff home playoff game in 26 years. Won their first playoff game in 26 years. Um, what else? Went to the AFC Championship game for the first time in many, many years as well. Like, I don't, I don't know what else he needs to do. I get Kevin Stefanski's thing, getting the Browns to the playoffs. But winning a playoff game as well, cool stuff. But... Nah. I'm going to Sean. Sean faced a harder schedule than the Cleveland Browns did, as far as I'm concerned. Killed teams at times. Sean McDermott's coach of the year, in my opinion. Kevin Skavansky might win it, but Sean McDermott deserves it this year. And the MVP is Aaron Rodgers. I'm not really going to talk about that that much because Josh Allen should win it, but, you know, we're not going to talk about that. I'm going to say I'm not going to get worked up about this. But... Aaron Rodgers will win the MVP. I don't really think there's a lot of debate there. All of these awards, in my opinion, are non-debatable, really. Other than Coach of the Year, which you could throw a few names out there. But all the other awards, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player, Most Improved, all of those are non-debatable awards, in my opinion. Obviously, you're going to have other people talk about talked about for those awards, like Aaron Rodgers. He won the MVP. Why is he not the Offensive Player of the Year? Or T.J. Watt led the league in sacks. Or Xavier Howard led the league in interceptions. So got ten interceptions. Like, there's going to be talks, but I don't really think we can place one. I think the closest one we could do for this is probably Defensive Player of the Year because you've got other good performances this year from T.J. Watt and Xavier Howard, like I said. But if we're just being honest with ourselves, Aaron Donald's the best defender in the NFL and deserves the award. So I'm going to give it to him, but I wouldn't be shocked if someone like T.J. Watt won the award. But it should be Aaron Donald. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Justin Jefferson could is going to be around that, but he's not. I don't think he's going to win it. I'm fairly confident in saying that as well. I don't think Aaron Rodgers will be unanimous MVP, but he'll be pretty close to that because of how much his stats differ from everybody else. But I think Josh and Patrick and Derrick Henry will get votes. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers will be unanimous this year. So we're still only going to have, after this year's over, we're still going to have two ever unanimous MVPs in Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson. But yeah, that's the NFL honors for you. And with that, let's go over. We haven't done this yet. I'm actually surprised. We haven't done this more. It is my quarterback rankings. The end of the season quarterback rankings. We have not talked about this at all. This is all 32 teams. I went with the quarterback that started the most games for their said team. So if you thought the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, nope, it's Andy Dalton. You thought the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo, nope, it's Nick Mullins. Teams were close, like... The Jaguars were close between their quarterbacks. The Washington football team were close with their quarterbacks between, like, Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins, and Alex Smith. And then Jacksonville, you had Mike Glennon and Gardner Minshew battling it out for that spot. But most teams started one quarterback consistently the entire year. The Bengals were, I thought, would be closer. But Joe Burrow did start the most games for the Bengals this year, so he will be on this list. So, yeah. Without further ado, let's go through the list. Starting off at 32... 
I hate that I had to throw this person here, but I felt like I had to, and that is Carson Wentz. This year alone, he was the worst quarterback in the NFL. And I think him and 31, if you look at it statistically, are very, very close in regards to their stats. Okay? So, and you could argue with me either way. I don't, you could go with potential. If we're going off how good these quarterbacks are, like, as a whole, I think Wentz is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. But this year, he sucked. Simple as that. He was awful this year. Led the league in interceptions this year with 15, tied with, I think, one other person. Also threw 16 touchdowns, tied with this other person. Completed 57.4% of his passes. Not great. Other quarterback was 57.3, but Wentz was the worst quarterback in the NFL this season. Number 31 is Drew Locke. Based off this season, again, same number of interceptions, same number of touchdowns, same almost same number of yards, 300 yards separating them, but that's a game. Locke played one more game than Wentz. Uh, completion percentage is 0.1% off. Locke was sacked 19 times. Wentz was sacked 50 times. Like that, these two quarterbacks this season, I think they're both talented. But again, that doesn't mean Jack when we're talking about how you actually play. Talent can get you far in places, but if you don't actually perform, talent means Jack squat. And that's what these two did this year. I like both quarterbacks. I think they'll both turn it around this season. But this season, in my opinion, I think these two were the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, especially when you look at what the Broncos did. And getting weapons for him. Now, granted, I will say this. Those, some of those weapons were hurt this season. Like, Cortland Sutton was out. Basically, if, if I remember correctly, he was out the entire season. But they got him a running a game. He got two wide receivers in the draft. Got Melvin Gordon. As we said, got Melvin Gordon. Phil Lindsay was there. Noah Fant. Yeah. Wentz had less weapons. If we want to be 100% honest with ourselves. Jalen Rager. Uh, who was their lead? That wasn't, uh, I can't remember his name. He was some random dude that led the team to receive it. I can't remember his name. Yeah, uh, whatever. But yeah, 30. Uh, I struggled. I've almost flipped the pin in 29, but it's Sam Darnold. Uh, Darnold was bad. Just simple. Jets won two games this year. Darnold sucked. It's pretty simple. This is why I think the divorce needs to happen in New Jersey. I think for the betterment of the Jets and Sam Darnold, he needs to move on. The Jets need to move on. It's just better for both parties to just separate and act like this never happened. Okay? I like Sam Darnold. I dislike the Jets. I want Sam Darnold to be a success in the NFL. I think he's got talent somewhere inside of him. But his time in New Jersey, you just never saw it. And I think he could have a Jim Plunkett-esque career, maybe not win two Super Bowls and a Super Bowl MVP, but going away from the team that drafted you, the hellfire that was known as the New England Patriots back then, the New York Jets now, Sam Darnold gets away from that and goes somewhere else, I think would be very beneficial for his career. Next one is Alex Smith. I really just put him at 29 because of the story. He didn't really play that good, but he got the Redskins to the playoffs or Washington football team to the playoffs. Yeah, they finished 7-9. and nine. Yeah, he finished with less touchdowns than interceptions, but they were 5-1 with him as a starter, which was, they won seven games, won five of them with him as the starter, 
I had to throw him at 29 basically because of the feel-good factor. If you throw him at 32, I wouldn't be upset with that. If you want to throw him at 30 or 31, I wouldn't be upset with that either. But based with how many games he played versus the games the other quarterbacks played and how many interceptions and how bad their completion percentages were, that's key. That also goes down to drop. That also includes drops and pass breakups and stuff like that. So it doesn't really, it's not a fair representation for full accuracy, but we can, it's a good starting point for that, I should say. Okay? Makes some sense. Next one's Cam Newton. Dude sucked all year. Similar to uh, Alex Smith, threw less touchdowns than interceptions, but as well was one of the few quarterbacks that was a consistent starter that threw less than 10 touchdowns. The other ones being Alex Smith and Sam Darnold. So maybe we could move those ones down and move Carson Wentz and Drew Locke up a little bit. Maybe if we were being 100% honest, we'd move Sam to the worst, or Alex Smith to the worst, Sam 31, Cam 32, or 30, and then Wentz, uh, yeah. But the number of interceptions is the part that's concerning for Locke and Wentz. But if you wanted to throw, if you wanted to flip up the order a little bit, I'm not going to be too picky. I did this in about five minutes, so I apologize. I thought about this while I was watching the Al Davis versus the NFL 30 for 30, and I was like, you know what? I haven't done this this year. And since I'm not going to do a show on Monday, I might as well just do it now. So if you want to flip it around, I don't really care. I'm not too. I'm not going to be too butthurt if you don't like the list because you can change it however you want. But Cam sucked this year. He looks off. Injuries really taking a toll on him. The body that helped win an MVP and get the Panthers to the Super Bowl is now failing him. I think the betterment for Cam and his body is to either sit out a year or just flat out retire because he's not healthy. I don't want to see Cam play hurt. I don't want to see any player play hurt, especially when it hurts their possibilities to go into the Hall of Fame because Cam will have talks about going to the Hall of Fame. Do I think he'll make it? Probably not, but... He will get talked about in that. And this time in New England definitely hurt that. Number 27 is Gardner Minshew. Played for a one-win team. I know there's a lot of factors going into that, but got benched for Mike Glennon. So, yeah, I know his numbers weren't terrible. 16 touchdowns, 5 picks, 2,200 yards. But, yeah, I couldn't really move him above anywhere other than 27. Maybe I could move him to 26 or 25, but... Yeah, I'm sorry, Gardner. You're near. He's gonna be near the bottom regardless. I don't know. Uh, Nick Mullins, 26. Funnily enough, I find this ridiculous. I find this stat actually ridiculous. It's the fact that Nick Mullins yards per game is the greatest quarterback in 49ers history. We're talking about passing yards per game. Not even Joe Montana or Steve Young compares to that of the legendary status Nick Mullins, which is ridiculous to think about. And also, another ridiculous stat that I found out this week, Patrick Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski are the same age. Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey are both 31. That is weird to me. I don't like that. I don't like that I know that now, because now it's messing with my brain, because I always thought Gronk was a lot older than Kelsey. He was drafted three years before Kelsey, so that's also something weird with that situation. But, yeah, Nick Mullins... You could probably lower him down one, move him below Gardner Minshew. Yeah, move him below one. He has the same amount of yards, essentially, same completion percentage, but he has six or no seven more interceptions and four less touchdowns. We'll move him down one. And Gardner play was on a one-win team, so I'm not. That's 
It's going to hurt him a little bit. Daniel Jones at 25, dude is a turnover machine. I don't care. That dude, with how he takes care of the ball, hurts my brain sometimes. Watching him put the ball on the ground, whether it's fumble or turning it over via interception, hurts my brain sometimes. But he does have flashes of potential, like his running ability. When we saw him trip up, trip over his own feet against, who was that against? The Eagles? I think it was the Eagles. I can't really remember who that game was against. But he has potential. I think he will realize it. Because he's got the athletic gifts. He does have a decently strong arm. He just needs to figure out to stop turning the ball over so much. And they can actually be a very good quarterback. Possibly very good quarterback. I and mean, I shouldn't throw very good on him quite yet. I think good quarterback would be a good assessment on what Daniel Jones' potential could be eventually. 24 is Andy Dalton. Uh, yeah. Played well at times during last season in, in re replacing an injured Dak Prescott. But, you know, he didn't play fantastic. Played decently well this season. 2,100 yards, 14 touchdowns, 8 picks. Pretty good numbers. Nothing spectacular. But, yeah, 24 is where I'll rank him number 23 is teddy teddy bridgewater he ranked 17th in the league in passing yards which based off everybody else in this list so far i believe is the most i think daniel jones is just below him in that regard but teddy though he completed 70 percent of his passes essentially and threw for a decent amount of yards threw 11 interceptions this year it's not ideal and was a part of a five six win team it's going to keep him a lower rankings on. He got a lot of money, though, so fair play. A lot of money made for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, next one on this list is 22. I put Mitchell Trubisky, and that might seem a little high for a lot of people out there. But Trubisky, if we're being 100% honest with ourselves, is not that terrible of a quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. He's a below-average quarterback. He's not a terrible quarterback. And if the Bears, honestly, if the Bears kept him in, instead of pulling him as soon as they did, would have probably made a, been a better team versus the team that we saw with Nick Foles with the offense look basically dead at all times. If Trubisky was the start of the full season, I think the Bears could have easily gotten 9-10 wins. Instead, they won 8 and looked dead for a good 4 weeks when he was out. Or however long he was out. 16 touchdowns, 8 interceptions... 20 or 20,000, 2,000 yards, which it sounds weird to say that, but he's not that bad. I think he gets a little too much hate, along with some other quarterbacks on this list, but I think he gets a little too much hate. 21, Tua, he's had a normal rookie year, but with the links, with Deshaun Watson, with him throwing three interceptions against the Bills, with him constantly getting benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick, that's hurting him a little bit. And what could cause you to lower him down the list, but he didn't have a terrible run. He still started the most games on this team that won 10 games this past season. He also had 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Three of those interceptions were against the Bills. He kept the Dolphins in pace with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. Yes, the Dolphins defense played very well in that game, but the Dolphins offense had to score some points, and he played pretty well in that game. I think the quote of, I thought this would be a lot harder, was one of the dumbest quotes in NFL history. But he's still a good quarterback. And he's just a normal rookie year. I think next year, 
he'll once they get him some other weapons help him out a little bit more because they've invested heavily on the defense in regards to the money spent offense it looks like they're going to build that thing up to the draft you look at the two tackles they have they drafted them Tua was drafted they're going to draft a wide receiver at some point if they keep that third overall pick or if they trade to Houston then they won't have it but you would expect them regardless to draft a wide receiver Mike Gusecki was drafted Devontae Parker was drafted like all I think Miles Gaskins was drafted by them obviously they got Matt Breda and Matt uh, Ryan or not Ryan Jordan Howard but they didn't pan out this year Devontae Parker dropped a lot of passes this year. Offensive tackles are young. Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson, they're young. So, yeah, they had Chan Gailey as an offensive coordinator. So, I'm not really going to put a lot on Tua for how, quote-unquote, bad he was his rookie year. Because he wasn't bad. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. Uh, Number 20, Jared Goff. I think Goff will raise a little bit now that he's in Detroit. Uh, Get him in a different system. I like Jared Goff. I like Jared Goff a lot. I know a lot of people really don't like Jared Goff. And I know the system going to Detroit will be a lot different. It won't be as friendly to him as the Sean McVay-led system. But I don't think there was that trust in Los Angeles where Sean McVay was basically calling the plays and the audibles and not really let Jared Goff do anything, at least from what I could tell on the mic'd up situation that we saw throughout the season. I think Goff will be happy going to Detroit, see how they build the offense around him, get him some weapons in the draft get him some weapons in free agency. I, they're going to lose Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones or both, so that'll hurt them a little bit. But they have TJ Hawkinson at tight end, which is good. Drafted DeAndre Swift last year. Have some decent offensive linemen. Not a ton, but decent offensive linemen. Get some wide receivers. He should be fine. But 20 based off last year. 20 touchdowns, 13 picks. Not great. I like that he played tough towards the end of the year with a broken thumb, but... Yeah, 20 for right now. 19, Joe Burrow. You'd be a lot higher if he actually played more games this year. Uh, Joe Burrow was balling out before he tore his ACL. Simple as that. Joe was on pace, at least at the time of his injury, to win Rookie of the Year, as we talked about earlier. Him and Herbert were very neck and neck in that regard for winning the Rookie of the Year award. And I can't find his name on this. Oh, there he is. 2,600 yards passing, almost 27. 13 touchdowns, 5 picks. 65% 65% completion percentage. Very similar numbers, though more touchdowns than Tua, but similar completion percentage, interceptions, but the you know total number of touchdowns will hurt him a little bit for Tua. But their quarterback ratings are essentially the same thing. Just Joe Burrows is 89.8, Tua's is 87.1. Like they're very Tua gets a little too much hate, in my opinion. Okay. Calm down with Tua, he'll be fine. Unless, unless they trade for Deshaun, then Deshaun will be even more fine in Miami. But Burrow was balling out before he got hurt. But since he got hurt, we have to keep him a little bit lower on this list than as opposed to if he was actually fully healthy and playing this season. 18, Phillip Rivers looked good at a lot of times this past season. Uh, 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Good numbers. I liked watching Philip Rivers this year. I love Philip Rivers. Glad he retired, though. Really, really happy that he retired because I don't know. He didn't look as done as say Ben Roethlisberger, or as willing to be done as Ben Roethlisberger. Which is why I'm going to change this rankings a little bit. I'm going to slide Phil Rivers up a few spots because if I'm being honest with myself, he was better than a few quarterbacks 
that I placed above him, and I regret this decision. I am raising him up quite a bit, actually. So we'll talk about the other quarterbacks. So 18 now, instead of Phillip Rivers, is Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Big Ben, at the beginning of the season, looked very, very good. And then at times, we talked about this quite a bit, at times he just looked off and not good. You know what I mean? We talked, like, his numbers, 33 touchdowns, 10 picks, is good, almost 4,000 yards. But there were times it was like, what is he doing? The Steelers, to Big Ben's credit, or is to defend Big Ben, dropped a ton of passes. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool dropped a lot of passes last year. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But, yeah, he just looked very weird at times last year. So I'm going to lower him down to 18 next one drew Brees. have him just rated above ben roethlisberger 70 percent completion percentage 24 touchdowns six interceptions almost 3,000 yards missed a few games this year hopefully breeze retires as well uh breeze looks done his arm looks done i think it'd be smart for breeze and the saints to move on breeze retire Jameis winston come in replace him i think that's a win for the saints i think sean payton could work very well with Jameis Winston. It'd be very fun to see how Jameis would do in that Sean Payton offense. Next one on the list at 16 is Baker Mayfield. Middle of the road quarterback. We talked about that the other day. Pretty much just smack in the middle of the NFL. 62% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, 8 picks. Game heavily predicated on the rushing attack. If that's not there, he's just an average, below average quarterback. Uh, or average to below average quarterback. If they're clicking, he's an average to good quarterback. But I would not start my franchise with Baker. I I like Baker, but is overrated by a lot of Browns fans. I'm sorry. I don't see it. Like how is it? we talked about that the other day? How are people actually saying they would take Baker Mayfield or Sean Watt? I heard that on the radio today. Some dude called in. We were finishing up snow removal. He called in. It was on Mad Dog Ray. I don't know where who the show was. He called in and he said he'd take 12 quarterbacks over to Sean Watson. 12. He said, I can't remember what he said the first one. I think he said Aaron Rodgers. And then the very next one, he said Baker Mayfield. Like, what the hell are these people watching? First off, 12 is ridiculous. I don't know where he got the, pulled the number 12 from. And then the first quarterback, he says after Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the league, he says Baker Mayfield. I Forgive me if I'm very confused by that logic there. I don't get it. Baker's fine. He ain't a franchise. He's not my franchise guy. I think he's fine. I think he's a good quarterback. If you have a good running game, he'll be burly good. But if they don't, he struggles a little bit. So, yeah. I would rank Baker Mayfield as a bang average, middle-of-the-road quarterback. Maybe even below average quarterback, depending on who you ask. But people that rate Baker Mayfield so highly confuse me. They always have. Like, I don't get it. I like Baker. But let's, stop. let's not pretend he wasn't second in the league in interceptions last year. Why, are we just forgetting about that? Are we going to continue? I mean, Freddie Kitchens was not a great head coach for Baker, even though he's the reason they hired Freddie Kitchens. So we can blame him for that as well. Yeah, we're going to blame Freddie Kitchens, but Baker's the reason they hired him. So, yeah, I... It's confusing. It's pretty confusing at times seeing people blindly defend Baker and say he's better than 
Deshaun Watson, who is better in every single category with a far less, far worse, I guess, supporting cast. The Browns have arguably the best rushing attack and the best O-line in the NFL. I wonder why Baker's as good as he is. Because those are two things that help a quarterback out immensely. Help him out a lot. Okay? Off the line in a rushing attack. Takes a lot of pressure off your starting quarterback. A lot of pressure off your starting quarterback. Next one on this list, Phillip Rivers. We already talked about him a little bit. Played pretty well this season for the Colts. Retired. Happy to see him retire. He's going to sign a contract with the Chargers. So I'm happy to see him retire a Charger eventually. So, yeah. But I think it's good that Phillip Rivers is retiring. Good career. Great career. Hall of Fame career. Seeing Canton Phil. And, yeah. Next quarterback on this list. Basically, Phillip Rivers incarnate is Matthew Stafford. Same exact style of quarterback. Matthew Stafford just played for the Lions. Been two playoff game, lost them both. Yeah, tough guy. Missed a lot of games, though. Tough guy thing got in the way a few times where it actually hurt him in the long run. But Matt Stafford, I think he'll be very well in L.A. I don't get the whole, they're, they're now they're Super Bowl contenders. He's a... The past few seasons, anyways, Matthew Stafford has been a, what, top 10 to 15 quarterback. That's not really competing for Super Bowls. I love Matthew Stafford. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's an upgrade on Jared Goff for right now, but the amount of stuff you gave up for Stafford, along with how he's been playing recently, and that's not, that's, you can bash lines all you want. He still had Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones to throw to, and TJ Hawkinson. So I don't think we're going to bash him on the amount of weapons he has. It's not comparable to like Deshaun who had freaking Will Fuller out the entire year and then basically retired Brandon Cooks. Because remember, Will Fuller had that PED suspension after a week he balled out. But yeah, Stafford at 14. Next one, Matt Ryan. Uh, Ryan was fourth in the league in passing yards. 26 touchdowns, 11 picks. Very comparable stats to Matthew Stafford. You could have flipped those two around and been I would have been perfectly fine with it. Didn't really bother me. Either way, uh, number 12, I put, do I want to flip this? Nah, I'll keep it. Number 12 is Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I don't get why people hate on him as much as they do, as long as, as well as the next guy I'm going to say on this list. I like Derek Carr. If the Raiders don't want him, fine. A team like the Bears would welcome him with open arms. He's best friends with Khalil Mack. I think they'd welcome a reunion back together in Chicago. I like Derek Carr. Derek Carr's a good quarterback. He's not, maybe he hasn't played up to the money they gave him because he's been, he was hurt, like basically the year after they signed the contract. But I don't get why he keeps getting linked away like he's a bad quarterback. I don't get that at all. I don't get it. I do not, same thing with number 10, number 11, Kirk Cousins. I don't get why people love to bash Kirk Cousins so much. I've never understood it. He's not a bad quarterback whatsoever. Last season, he threw freaking 35 touchdowns. Completed 68% of his passes. Averaged 8.3 yards per completion. Like, he's not a bad quarterback. I don't get what the hate, the fun thing to do is hate on Kirk Cousins and freaking Derek Carr. I don't understand it. 
I'm sorry if you hate them or dislike them or think they're terrible quarterbacks. They're not. I'm just here to tell you that. They're, They're good quarterbacks in the NFL. They both are. I, I will not take those two guys' slander anymore. Okay? Now we get to the top 10. And number 10 is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray it started off really hot. He was actually on pace for 4,000-1,000 season. And then just fell off, essentially. But I think with what he can do, makes him very, very good. Him and Lamar Jackson are two very similar quarterbacks in the way they can move around and how fast they are. But I think Kyler is a better thrower of the football than Lamar Jackson. Kyler was 29 yards away from 4,000. He was just over 100 yards away from 1,000 yards rushing. 26 touchdowns, 12 picks. Compared to like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, those numbers, the completion, the touchdowns, interceptions are worse. But I would take Kyler Murray just because of what he can do in the rushing game as well. I really enjoy watching Kyler Murray play football. Number nine, Justin Herbert, off to rookie of the year. Broke a, almost every rookie passing record, yards, touchdowns, whatever. More on that. I just those are the two that popped my head. Sixth in the league in passing yards. Freaking 37 passing touchdowns. Or wait, no, 31 passing touchdowns. 66% completion percentage. Yeah, number nine, I think that's fair. I expect him to move up the rankings even more. Number eight is Ryan Tannehill. I like Ryan Tannehill. I think he's underrated in his athletic ability. Uh, Had a very good year. Ryan Tannehill had a very, very good year. 33 touchdowns, 7 picks. That is a very, very good season for Ryan Tannehill. And, yeah, he's a good quarterback. Number 8 for this year. Number 7, Lamar. Lamar had another 1,000-yard rushing season. Again, similar to the Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr thing. I know it's fun to hate on Lamar Jackson's passing ability, but hey, you try to complete passes to Willis Sneed and an often injured Marquise Brown, who also has, at times, hands of stone. If you had any other, I know he has Mark Andrews, but the rushing again, if we're talking about running backs, is not great. The receiving receivers are not great. It is Lamar Jackson. That's the only reason they are winning games is because of Lamar Jackson. Their offense, we're talking about weapons, other than tight end, they're not comparing to anybody. Their receivers are bottom near, way at the bottom half of the league. Their running backs are near the are in the bottom half of the league. Both of those position groups are in the bottom half of the league. I like J.K. Dobbins. I hope he turns out well, but Gus Edwards was getting more carries in the Bills playoff game. He started the game. Gus Edwards started at running back for the Ravens. I don't think a lot of people would start their teams with Gus Edwards at running back. I don't think a lot of teams would start Willie Sneed as their number one wide receiver. But that's what the Ravens were doing and still somehow managed to win 11 games because of that. Lamar Jackson, again, 1,000-yard rusher. Lamar Jackson is an insane football player. 26 touchdowns, 9 picks this year. With another 1,000-yard season, he missed two games this year. I don't understand the, the utter hatred for Lamar Jackson. It's confusing. No one in the NFL, other than like Kyler Murray, again, can do what Lamar Jackson can do. And nobody does it better than Lamar Jackson. He's the second-ever unanimous MVP in NFL history. The Ravens need to figure out how to make their offense somewhat creative because they use the same plays that got Lamar the MVP last year, but the problem is they are expecting it now. Same formation, same plays. Like, fix up the playbook, Romeo. Or not Romeo Cornell. Who's their freaking offense? Greg Roman. 
Fix, switch it up a tiny bit. Get him some wide receivers. Help him out a tiny bit. So I know it's like, oh man, the Ravens are, Lamar sucks as a passer. He's got a bottom 20 receiving core and a bottom 20 running back core. Like, I'm sorry that he's not performing to your high standards as a passer. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, number six, Tom Brady. Second in league in, third in the league in passing yards. 40 touchdowns, 12 picks. Great year for Tom Brady. Simple as that. Great year for Tom Brady. When I got into a freaking Super Bowl at 43, yeah. Sixth best quarterback in the league this year. Five, Russell Wilson. Would be higher, but the way the Seahawks passing attack basically stalled towards the end of the year, and I think five's fair for Russell Wilson this season. Russell Wilson this year was an MVP candidate at the beginning of the season, much like he always is. And then towards half, probably halfway through the season, everybody starts going, oh, he's not MVP anymore. It's this guy, or it's this guy. Like, Russell Wilson, 40 touchdowns. That's a good number. I like Russell Wilson. I think he's a great quarterback. First ballot Hall of Famer easily. Uh, but this year, five is fair. Tailed off again. He did the same thing last year. He was the MVP in the first half of the season, then tailed off. Passing attack for the Seahawks was dead. Towards the end of the season. Uh, number four, Deshaun. Led the league in passing. Completed 70% of his passes. Uh, 8.9 yards per <laughs> per completion. 33 touchdowns, 7 picks. Got sacked 49 times. Like, I could rank him higher if I really wanted to. People said, that dude called in and said 12 quarterbacks were better than Deshaun Watson. I don't know what the hell he was watching this year. He has to be a Browns fan. The only people I've ever heard not say Deshaun, just say bad things about Deshaun Watson are Browns fans. Is it your false illusion that Baker Mayfield is a guaranteed franchise guy? I get he ended the playoff thing, but the Ravens didn't show a ton of loyalty to Trent Dilfer when he won a Super Bowl. Like, just because he got you somewhere does not mean he's the Lord and Savior. I like Baker, again, but he's nowhere near Deshaun. Deshaun's clear, clear. Number three, uh, I contemplated this one for a very long time. I am going to do this for fun, just because it'll stir the pot a little bit. I'll say Patrick Mahomes at three. If we're talking about the entire season, Patrick, I'll put Patrick Mahomes at number one probably. <laughs> but just for the sake of this, and because I'm not biased at all, I'll put Mahomes at three. 38 touchdowns, 6 picks, 4,700 yards, yada, yada, yada. We all know Patrick Mahomes is a really good quarterback. On pace, if he wins the Super Bowl, could be the greatest quarterback of all time. Not after this Super Bowl, but once he continues his career, we already know he's the greatest start in NFL history for a quarterback. Continues on, very likely to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Number two, Josh Allen. Yep, did it, just for fun. Uh, 50 total touchdowns for Josh Allen this year. Led the Bills in rushing touchdowns as well. If he got hurt, Lord knows what would happen to the Bills' offense. I know you could go like, oh, man, Patrick Mahomes loses, gets hurt. What happens to them? Well, Chad Henney played decently well. Forget the pick that he threw against the Browns. Still managed to win the game for the for the Chiefs. Josh Allen got hurt against the Chargers this year. The very next play, Matt Barkley got sacked. And then Josh Allen went back into the game. Almost tore up his leg. Almost snapped his ankle. And, yeah. I would take just off. I'm just. I'm not saying 
I would. I'm not one of those losers that said I wouldn't take Patrick Mahomes if given to me. I'm just saying, if I'm going off this year, this isn't how I'd rank them all the time because Pat Bar- Charles Barkley said it best. Just because I won an MVP did not make me better than Michael Jordan. Just because I'm ranking Josh Allen better off this year does not mean he's a better quarterback overall than Patrick Mahomes. I would just like to say that. I think Josh Allen can do everything Patrick Mahomes can do. But I think Josh just need if he gets next year and continues what he's doing now, I will say he'll he can win the MVP next year. And I'm fairly confident in saying that. If he continues on the trajectory he's at now, he can easily win the MVP next year. I said that on June 29th of 2020 that I'll place $10 bet on Josh Allen, which I never did because I was too lazy to go down to Perry Meadows and set up an account. But Josh is a baller. And I love it when people doubt him because unlike Baker, Josh Allen actually has stepped up and his numbers have increased tenfold. He is the Bills' offense. Like, you can say Patrick Mahomes means more to the Chiefs' offense than the Bills, and I will call you crazy because that's not true. Josh Allen means more to the Bills' offense than Patrick Mahomes means to the Chiefs, which is crazy to think about. But if you took Josh Allen out and put Matt Barkley in there versus the Chiefs with Chad Henney, you saw what they did with Matt Moore last year. I would say Josh Allen means more and is more valuable to his team than almost any quarterback in the NFL. That might sound crazy, but I'm, I'll die on that hill. And number one, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. He's winning the MVP this year. There's not much to talk about. 40 touchdowns. Or 40, no, not 40. 48 touchdowns, I should say, with five picks. Over 70% completion percentage. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP. I'm not really going to discuss that because it's not really difficult to understand. So going through that list again, goes one Aaron Rodgers, two Josh Allen, three Mahomes, four Watson, five Russell Wilson, six Tom Brady, seven Lamar Jackson, eight Ryan Tannehill, nine Justin Herbert, 10, Kyler Murray, 11, Kirk Cousins, 12, Derek Carr, 13, Matt Ryan, 14, Stafford, 15, Phillip Rivers, 16, Baker Mayfield, 17, Drew Brees, 18, Ben Roethlisberger, 19, Joe Burrow, 20, Jared Goff, 21, Tua Tagovailoa, 22, Mitchell, 23, Teddy, 24, Andy Dalton, 25, Daniel Jones, 26, Nick Mullins, 27, Gardner Minshew, 28, Nick Cam Newton, 29, Alex Smith, 30, Sam Darnold, 31, Drew Locke, 32, Carson Wentz. I think Drew Locke, Carson Wentz, and Sam Darnold are some of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, but this year just wasn't it. They had to be near the bottom. Alex Smith, if you want to throw him last, go ahead. I don't really care. If you want to throw Cam Newton near the bottom as well, don't really care. But I'm not going to be too bothered about the bottom half of the list. The bottom five, you can move those guys around any order, and I don't really care. Cam, Alex Smith, Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, Carson Wentz. Move those guys anywhere you want. I don't care. Based off this year, though, Wentz was the worst quarterback in the NFL. Okay? So, with that being said, that's all I've got for you today on this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you enjoyed this show, because I certainly enjoyed this show. Uh, Make sure you go and watch the Super Bowl again, 5.30, Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Sunday on CBS. I am very excited. Again, I think the Chiefs will win 31-27 or 31-25, some stupid score like that. And sadly, I'll have to deal with Chiefs fans on social media again. But yeah, as always, next year, Minor Mock Draft 1.0 will be out on Monday. So make sure you stay tuned for that. I just finished it yesterday. Tried to get some finishing touches on it today, but never got around to doing that. But it will be out Monday. So stay tuned for that. No show Monday. As another reminder, I hope you all have a great rest of your day, great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. 
Enjoy your offseason as well, NFL fans, and I will see you all later. Peace.